the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, July the 7th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 7, 1981, President Ronald Reagan announced he was nominating Arizona Judge Sandra Day O'Connor. She became the first female justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. Today in 1846, U.S. annexed California. Today, in 1865, four people were hanged in Washington, D.C. for conspiring with John Wilkes Booth to assassinate President Abraham Lincoln. Three of them were men. One was Mary Surratt, the first woman to be executed by the federal government. Today, in 1898, the United States annexed Hawaii. Today, in 1919, the first transcontinental motor convoy in which a U.S. Army convoy of motorized vehicles crossed the United States, all the way across, coast to coast, 1919. They departed Washington, D.C. The trip ended in San Francisco on September 6th. Took them a while, but they did it. Today, in 1946, Jimmy Carter, he was 21 years old, he married Rosalind Smith. She was 18. Where do you think they got married? Yeah, you guessed. Plains, Georgia. Their whole life has been around Plains, Georgia, except when they spent four years in Washington, D.C. That's their home. They've been married for a long time. Today, in 1969, the first U.S. military units were withdrawn from Saigon, Vietnam. Today, in 1976, the United States Military Academy at West Point included Female cadets for the first time. 119 women joined the class of 1980. You may have heard, you, if not, you will hear it on the news today, I would assume. The president of Haiti was assassinated last night. Haiti is one of the most underdeveloped, undeveloped, perhaps the most undeveloped country in the world. Some of the oligarchs in Haiti, I've been following this a little bit just because it is typical of what the Chinese Communist Party is doing now. Some of the oligarchs in Haiti, and there are some people there with money, believe it or not, not many, but there are some, and they've been being courted by and they've been really kissing up to the Chinese Communist Party. China has been going into various countries, several in Africa and elsewhere. They've been building bridges and roads, infrastructure, as we call it, and doing things that the country can't do for itself. In return, China gets to have a base there or a presence there, and they get to use these roads and bridges and sometimes airports that they're building, and they get a lot of goodwill from it because the people are generally poor and in great need. Well, that certainly is the case with Haiti. These oligarchs in um, in Haiti have been pressing the president to kind of open the door and let China come in and do their thing. And the president 
has been resisting that. He said, we don't want to be taken over by a, a communist, Chinese Communist Party. So they somebody assassinated him last night. So that discussion is, is over. He will not be resisting anymore. Yesterday I talked about the... Um, the National Education Association, the NEA, and uh, we talked about their recent conference that they had. It was a virtual one this year, but anyway, it was this last weekend, ending on the 3rd of July, and we talked about some of the resolutions that they uh, put forth and that passed. Well, interestingly enough, that's what we talked about yesterday on this program. Interestingly enough, last night, on Tuesday night, some of the most highly controversial items, the very ones that I talked about on this program, were scrubbed off their website. Not, and I'm not suggesting because we talk, I mean, that's not where I'm going with this. But I'm saying that a lot of people were talking about it. So they got spooked, the Education Association, and they scrubbed their site last night. And they took off some of these items. One of the items that they scrubbed off there, even the Heritage Foundation noticed it this morning, they're talking about it, and others have as well, but one of the resolutions that they had passed, I only talked about resolutions they had passed, some other news organizations, uh, even conservative ones, talked a little bit about some of the other resolutions that did not pass, Um, they talked about it for various reasons, but I talked about only on our program the ones that did pass, and uh, both of those that I specifically talked about yesterday were scrubbed. They're, they're not there this morning, and people were pretty taken back by that. I mean, these are the people that the union is strongest, one of the strongest unions in the country. They're educating millions of American children. Anyway, the one that uh, this new, uh, new business, item 39, it conveyed the NEA's desire to fight back against anti-CRT rhetoric. That means they're going to resist the parents. And it, the resolution went into how they could do that, and it was legalizing the attempt of schools across the country, and teachers and specifically, to resist <clears throat> parents when par- parents disagree with them kind of like the Hades president, former president, when when uh, parents resist and disagree with their children being taught this critical race theory in, in the classroom. So they passed that. People were talking about it. We talked about it here, as I said, and so they scrubbed it last night. I guess they're still going to move forward and do it. I, I can't imagine they wouldn't. But it can't be found on their website this morning. It was there late yesterday afternoon. Another resolution that they passed that I talked about yesterday, it was the new business item two. And it said that NEA will research the organizations attacking educators doing anti-racist work and or use the research already done and put together a list of resources and recommendations for state affiliates, locals, and individual educators to utilize when they're attacked. That's interesting. Three days after their annual meeting concludes, the nation's largest teachers union scrubs the agenda items announcing their nationwide campaign to push critical race theory from their website. 
that just goes to show they know how volatile, they know how wrong this is. But they're everything in their power, they're doing everything in their power to go ahead and push it on our kids anyway, all across America. I did not mention yesterday, I could have, but I just didn't have time. I was aware of it and following it, was the other big teachers union, the uh, American Federation for Teachers. <clears throat> and uh, they, too, our Federation of Teachers, they, too, were, had their convention. And uh, this Randy Weingarten, she's the, um, uh, the head of it. She, she was saying on the news last night, I noticed, that she said critical race theory isn't being taught in school, public schools across America. But she said, we are preparing ourselves to fight the state laws banning it anyway. The Washington Post did a big story on that, kind of trying to create uh, the parents who are concerned about it as kind of the kid, you know, afraid of the boogeyman that doesn't exist. That was the tone that I got from the Washington Post who were talking about it uh, last night on in their online public publication of the Washington Post. This wine garden, she said that critical race theory is not taught in U.S. elementary, middle and high schools. The theory is only taught in law school and in college. Well, that's a lie. It's a, just an outright lie. It's not true. She said her organization, the Federation, American Federation of Teachers, is preparing for litigation to counter these laws as we speak. Well, why are they preparing to, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Again, these people are educating America's children. They can't even get their story straight. Finally, the Washington Post, in their kind of featured article, they had to conclude that she wasn't getting her story straight. It just didn't add up. Nobody is teaching it, she said, but we're preparing with millions, an additional $2.5 million to the $10 million they already have to fight lawsuits against their teaching it, but they're not teaching it. Oh, I could say a lot more about that, but anyway... That's just an addendum to where we left off yesterday. One of the reasons that this, the, the public education is always fighting for the mind and the soul of kids, I think Abraham Lincoln pretty well summed that up. He made the statement once that has also been said to be not true by the left, but it is true. He said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. These people know exactly what they're doing. They're indoctrinating children just like thousands if not millions of parents are starting to realize and speak out about across America. It isn't only on critical race theory, it's about a lot of other things, sex ed and the whole deal. But these people know, the activists know, not all teachers, but the activists know that if they can indoctrinate these children as young as kindergarten and up through the primary and middle and high school years, they've got them because they will create a worldview that is contrary to anything conservative and certainly contrary to anything that is Christian. That's why in the midst of the storm, we look to the Lord. Isaiah wrote, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I love to say this, 
because it's true. God is in control. God is in control. The winds can blow, the waves can swell and crash against whatever, the house built on the sand against the shore, the rocks. The boat can bobble across the water like a ship without a sail. But God is in control. And God wants his people to be informed. And that's what we try to do every day on this program, every weekday, originating live so we can talk about what's happening today in our world. Some of you listened a couple of hours delayed, but it's current. It's not in a can being shipped out to the stations you're listening to right now. We're creating this daily to keep it current. And I know that many of you understand that it takes an extra effort, not just on my part, but on other the parts of other people along the way that make this happen every day. And I'm appreciative to them. And I'm particularly thankful to you for your support of it. You understand, you support it. Uh, strongly enough to keep us on the air. Here we are again today. So thank you so much for your support. And if you don't support us, but you think it's worthwhile what we're doing, please pray about joining us, writing a check, and becoming part of what we're doing here each day, each weekday on the radio. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedomandfreedom.us. First page that will come up will be whatever I publish that day. If it's a weekday, and you'll see a little tab there that says Donate. It's real easy. You just click that, and you're on. Even I can do that, and I'm not very good with that kind of thing. But thank you so much for your support. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation just announced, speaking of money, <laughs> They just announced that they have committed an additional $1.4 billion, billion, to prevent families from having babies. Oh, they don't call it that. They call it family planning. But that's what it really is. Despite the differences and the difficulties in their very publicly failed marriage, they are in agreement in pushing population control worldwide. As Eugenics advocate and Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger has become a political liability, and she has, for her pro-abortion friends on the left. Could this be the new star that's rising? The Gates, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? The left needs her, the abortion industry, they need Margaret, but they've had to sort of set her aside. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today. She's become a liability. They've been giving out this Margaret Sanger Award for years, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, and all the people that are the leading abortion uh, advocates. They get the Margaret Sanger Award. All of a sudden, they said, well, we won't call it that anymore. We'll call it, I forget what they call it now, but they changed the name of it. They also are thinking about taking the name off, or they just have, taking the name off the street in New York City, outside their main offices there, called Sanger Boulevard or Sanger Street. There's Sanger Square, all celebrating Margaret Sanger, the hero for women, women's health care. Margaret Sanger could only have dreamed of having that kind of money available to her. $1.4 billion from one guy and his 
former wife. I mean, it's amazing. I've talked about the legacy of Sanger on our program here, and I've written about it in our daily article. There's no question that she was a disciple of eugenics, and I'm not going to go deep into that today for the sake of time, but I have written about it and talked about it in the past. I mean, it's well documented. Nobody, nobody is denying that she had those leanings and was felt very strongly about it. But I'll give you a little bit of a taste of some of the things she wrote and said. But she was truly a leader. And she was a leading advocate. And Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, was a racist. Last summer, Kristen Hawkins, she's the president of Students for Life, she wrote an op-ed for USA Today. They published it, interestingly enough. I kept it. I want to refer to that for a moment. She reviewed all of the unhealthy statues. Remember last summer they were tearing down all these statues? They were pulling down everybody they didn't like. It didn't matter who they were, Abraham Lincoln or Hitler. I mean, whomever. They didn't care. I don't think they even pulled down any Hitler statues. But it, it didn't matter what they really represented. It was just what they felt, these kids that were rioting and looting and breaking stuff all over last summer. Uh, just whatever they felt about that particular individual. They didn't even have a really a background on who they were, what they did. Well, anyway, anyway, during that period of time is when uh, Kristen Hawkins wrote this article, and she talked about all the unhealthy statues that were being removed from the public. Then she uh, suggested that Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, should also be removed as the street name in front of the Planned Parenthood offices in New York City. Well, that sparked, I mean, USA Today is wide, fairly widely read. She said Sanger, in promoting birth control, had advanced a controversial Negro project, which she did, even writing about it in her autobiography, which she did. In the bio, Sanger spoke about speaking to the Ku Klux Klan group, and she advocated for a eugenics approach to breeding, I'm quoting her, for those human weeds which threaten the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization. In a 1939 letter to Dr. C.J. Gamble, Sanger urged him to get over his reluctance to hire, quote, a full-time Negro physician, as the colored, quote, can get closer to their own members and more or less lay their cards on the table, which means their ignorance, superstitions, and doubt. This is Margaret Sanger speaking, writing. Like the abortion lobby today, Sanger urged Dr. Gamble to enlist the help of spiritual leaders, like pastors, to go along with this. To justify their deadly work, she wrote this, Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood, quote, We do not want word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any or their more re rebellious members. <clears throat> Use the church to advance evil. The vast majority of abortion vendors have set up shop in minority neighborhoods. You can't deny that, which can be seen in the very few, very scarce statistics available from CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. They don't keep a lot of statistics because they just simply don't want it out there and they don't want to be quoted and they don't want guys like me and people with much bigger voices than I have talking about it.
But one stat is known. There's only 13% of our female population in America is African-American. 13% of the female population in America is African-American. But 38% of all abortions are performed on African-American women. Why is that? That isn't equity, as they say. It's reverse equity. But it is because Planned Parenthood has been planting these abortion businesses, storefront in some cases, always in the black communities. It started in New York, in that community. In New York City, more black babies are aborted every year that are born alive, each year, for several years. Even Guttmacher Institute, the abortion industry's own think tank, they admit that, quote, the abortion rate for black women is almost five times that of white women. If you wanted to dissect that, and I'm not going to do that this morning, you could unpack that statement and see how very, very racist the so-called anti-racists are. Last summer, Planned Parenthood of Greater New York finally agreed to take Sanger's name off its Manhattan abortion vendor location. Harmful connections. They said they were doing so because of harmful connections to the eugenics movement. Harmful connections? She was the face and voice of eugenics movement. She is and was the eugenics movement. Sanger once wrote, and she wrote a lot, Sanger once wrote, and I'm quoting her, birth control does not mean contraception indiscriminately practiced. It means the release and cultivation of the better elements in our society. And she wrote this, given birth control, the unfit will voluntarily eliminate their kind. I... As pressured to remove statues and namesakes and street signs and the like of Sanger, not only in New York, where she opened the first clinic that became Planned Parenthood, but some in the radical left are trying to defend her. The New York Times published a, an article clearly aimed at propping up Sanger's reputation. They spared no effort. It was long and it was arduous and it was well-documented, quote-unquote, while admitting that some of her beliefs regarding selective eugenics in the past were Harmful connections, that's a quote, harmful connections, that's like, I guess that's like uh, peaceful demonstrations that where buildings get burned up and so on. But they said past, their, her past harmful connections, uh, they, they declared that she had been mostly well-intentioned in trying to make birth control accessible for the poor and the immigrant communities. And that, of course, is a lie. It's an absolute lie. She hated block, blacks. She thought they were a scourge on our society and on human society, and she wanted, she wanted to weed them out. Those are her words. And the left stands up with a straight face, and they defend this woman and this idea and her works and the spirit of it. This is the spirit of evil. Planned Parenthood is the face of evil. Her first clinic, which would become Planned Parenthood, was planted in Brooklyn in 1916. I wrote an article on that today, and I haven't put a picture of it in the article. You can see a picture of it if you go to our website. Planned Parenthood has been put, put in a position where they had to 
condone some of her beliefs, but only after being or condemn them, but only after being called out repeatedly. New York Times concluded with a statement that said, quote, Miss Sanger believed black people and immigrants had a right to a better life. Of course they have. It's like we are concluding that the sun rises in the east. I mean, that's that's so redundant. It's pathetic. But that's the best they could do because they, they are they are trying to prop up a woman that is unprofitable in this kind of an environment that they have created. So on the one hand, they are practicing what they are they are claiming the rest of us are. White supremacists, racists, bigots, whatever. They can remove Sanger's name, but they cannot, nor have they removed her spirit. Her spirit lives on. And my point is simply that the Gates are picking up, apparently picking up that challenge. They're well known for their funding of abortion operations, certainly including Planned Parenthood. Their current interest seems to be more directed toward a family planning organization. It's called DKT International. They openly sell abortion pills and manual vacuum aspirators. In addition, DKT may be also marketing uh, the marketing company behind pills that are being illegally shipped from India to the United States. And there's an investigation going on with that. The, the government's very reluctant but some conservative organizations and pro-life organizations are pushing it. Live Action is one of them. They're a pro-life organization. They have documented the illegal online sales of that particular abortion pill and these suction, these manual vacuum aspirators. Much like Planned Parenthood, DKT International, operating under the guise of giving people a happy life, are apparently operating, at least in some cases, illegally. Live Action has completed an investigation that found that Gates Foundation has already donated $68 million to DKT International. Many of the richest people in the world are putting their billions behind these kinds of efforts. Warren Buffett's foundation donated $4 billion to the abortion movement. George Soros, through blind, various blind organizations for the most part, has given millions and millions and millions, maybe billions, to these kinds of things. Michael Bloomberg, the Packard Foundation, Hewlett Packard, they're giving millions to abortion causes. Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, just the other day, made a statement, put out a press release. She made a significant multi-million dollar gift to a pro-abortion organization. While claiming to be using their billions to help people they're using their money to kill them. It's the most vulnerable of all that they're attacking. The unborn, the unwanted child. Mother Teresa once said, abortion is profoundly anti-woman. Three quarters of its victims are women. Half the babies and all the mothers. She also said any country that accepts abortion is not teaching its people to love, but to use violence to get what they want. That is so true. She said that's why the greatest destroyer of love is abortion. It is a poverty to decide that a child must die so that you may live as you wish. Stand for life, and you do. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for standing for what is right. Thank you for remembering that God is in control 
And thank you for supporting our voice as we do what we can to get the truth out there of what's happening in our culture. I'll see you tomorrow.